For I am crucified with Christ And yet I live Embrace the cross Where Jesus Welcome to Crossbound Ministries where we are bringing the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world, encouraging Christians and pointing sinners to the cross. Will you please pray about supporting our broadcast and ministry that gives us the ability to spread God's word. You can get involved by going to crossboundministry.com. Please welcome our preacher, Mike Sadler, as he brings us an important message from God's word. Embrace the love Open your Bible with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 15 is where we'll begin today. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 15. The Bible says, But he that is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is judged of no man. So I know the world likes to to throw that in your face you're judging me you're not supposed to judge you're judging me but wait the bible says in this verse but he that is spiritual judgeth all things yet he himself is judged of no man and you know there's places in the bible where you're supposed to judge the bible says that you should not be unequally yoked with someone else now we always take that for marriage you shouldn't marry somebody who is unsaved that means you literally have to judge somebody's salvation are they saved or are they not because i'm not supposed to be unequally yoked with an unbeliever but that verse goes much much deeper Uh, if you have a business or a partnership or whatever the case may be i believe it's going it's going along with that because you are yoking up with that person going in the same direction as they are and if They're not serving God, and their God is money, and you're trying to serve the Lord Jesus Christ. It's going to go bad because they're serving their own God, which is money. And so when you go to judge things, make sure you judge it through the eyes of Scripture, through God's eyes, not the eyes of condemnation or looking down your nose, but through the eyes of Scripture. Because the Bible says, but he that is spiritual judges all things a spiritual person and the spirit will help that person judge the matter of a situation or a person or people or thing or place amen because the holy spirit is that helper amen judges all things and so the world loves to throw that in your face but you are supposed to judge some some things but i do believe it's talking about that uh looking down your nose, attitude, fault-finding, looking to tear somebody apart. No, that's the wrong way that you should judge somebody. But it says, He that is spiritual judges all things. What did Jesus do when he looked out across the city, even though it was a wicked city? He wept. He wept for those people because they were blinded by the devil. And he knew that they were on their way to hell unless they repented. And we should have that same heart. Instead of looking out into the world and going, man, that's wicked. Man, that's foul. And it is. I'm not taking away from that. It is. But know this, 
Those people are blinded by Satan. They, they can't even, they don't even get a grasp of what reality truly is. That there's a place called hell and that they're going to go there if they never repent of their sins and put their faith and trust in Lord Jesus Christ. So the next time you judge people or judge a place or judge a town, know that. Look at it through the eyes of Scripture. The man who is illuminated by the Spirit of God can discern these, the wonderful truths but even though himself cannot be rightly judged by the unconverted, right? The unconverted will look at him and they might try to judge him, but they can't because his judge is God. He is spiritual. He answers to God. They can make fun of him. They can run him down, but they can't truly and rightly judge him because God is his judge. And it doesn't mean that born-again person has to be a highly sophisticated educated he could be a carpenter a plumber a fisherman a drywall man a laborer a dentist a doctor amen it could be anyone be a spiritual person god can use people from the top to the bottom i've always said this that god can use people from the white house to the jailhouse God can use anybody that is willing to say, Here am I, Lord, send me. And God is constantly looking for someone, someone who will say, Yes, Lord, I will serve you. Look with me now in verse number 16. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 16. For who hath known the mind of the Lord, that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. God cannot be known through the wisdom and the power of men. God is known only as he chooses to make himself known to you. And the world will not come to know God without going through the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, Christ is the intercessor in between us and God. So God is known only as he chooses to, to make himself known to you. However, those who have the mind of Christ are able to understand the deep things, the deep things, the deep things of God. Why? Because you have the mind of Christ, because you have the Holy Spirit residing within you, teaching you and leading you into all truth. Now, listen to this verse. For who hath known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? Question mark. He's asking a question. Who hath known the mind of the Lord? And you ask yourself, well, what is the mind of the Lord? Listen to me. God has give you, given you his mind in his word. It's what we can handle. And you'll never run out of things in the Bible. You'll never come to a place where you're not growing any more. As long as you're on this earth, as long as you're in this flesh, the Bible will always be the place and the source to go to for spiritual wisdom, to learn the mind of God, to learn the mind of Christ, hath known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him. You see, when you're reading the Bible, when you're understanding it, when you're applying it, when you're living it, when you're memorizing it, hey, that is God instructing you with his word. That's his mind that he's putting on your heart. That's why he says, but we have the mind of Christ. You see, the world cannot know the Lord. The world cannot understand his word. But at the end of that verse, he says, but we have the mind of Christ. And the Bible is the mind of Christ. That's how God speaks to us today, not through some crazy 
thought or this, that, the other, but no, the foundational truth that everything that Christianity stands on is the Bible. Amen. It is truth. It is more than truth. It is a living word of God. The Bible is a live living book. And the moment you get saved, you'll realize that because that Bible comes alive and speaks to you and you read it and the Holy Spirit stamps it upon your heart and he shows you things. Amen. He unfolds scripture so that you can get to know God on a deeper level, the deeper things of God, the deep truths of God. That's what the Apostle Paul says. But we, talking about us, us Christians, us saved people, the people in the church, amen, but we have the mind of Christ and he wants to serve him. I ask you today, do you have the mind of Christ? Are you in God's word? Are you getting direction from him? Because that's how he's going to speak to you today. Let's look in the next chapter, chapter 3 and verse 1. 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 1. I want you to know that the Apostle Paul here is writing to the church in Corinth because there were some problems. And the Apostle Paul is trying to point them in the right direction. And the truth is, all of us, every Christian has problems that we needed to be pointed in the right direction. Just like every church has problems, every person has problems. Amen? And so all of us, including myself, need to be pointed in the right direction. And the Apostle Apostle Paul here is pointing the church and the things that they need to fix, things that they need to correct, the way that they need to go, amen, that they may be right with God. 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 1, he says, And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. I have fed you with milk and not with meat, for hitherto ye were not able to bear it, neither yet now are ye able? Paul says, I couldn't speak to you as people living a godly Christian life. People that are truly putting God's first. People that are spiritual. He says, I could not speak to you as unto the spiritual, but I had to speak unto you as the carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. Because babes in Christ haven't grown in the spiritual realm, in the spiritual world and your mind i know from myself when i even when i first got saved even though i grew up in church my mind was still carnal and it's hard it was hard to get away from those things but the more that i read scripture the more that i sat under sound preaching amen the more i understand the mind of god and here paul said i'm speaking to you as unto carnal babes in christ were they saved? I believe so. Absolutely. He's writing to Christians, but they're acting carnal. They're acting worldly. They're just babes in Christ. They were not able to, to take the solid food like steak because of their immaturity. And the same, before we knock them, hold on a minute. The same was with the Lord's disciples. Did you know that? In John chapter 16, verse 12, he said, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. Jesus said, I got many things to tell you. I got many things to show you, but you can't handle them right now. You can't bear it right now. You see, Christ gave us what he wanted us to have. God gave us what he wanted us to have in his word. Amen. This is what we can bear. We, don't, we can't bear anything else. This has got enough in it that we can never dive that deep. And so before we, we tear apart the Corinthians here, because Paul's saying they were acting carnal. He said, I couldn't, I couldn't feed you with steak. I couldn't give you a whole meal. I had to baby you and, and walk you along. I had to feed you with milk like a little baby because you couldn't bear it. But the same thing with the disciples in John chapter 16, verse 12. Jesus said, I still have many things to show you, but you cannot bear 
them now. And you see, as you grow in God's word, as you grow as a Christian, God will show you more and more things. You see, if you will follow the last thing that God showed you in his word, the truth, and you will either fix it in your life or get it out of your life or bring it into your life, whatever it is God has showed you, then God will give you the next step. He'll show you the next thing for you to do. But if you're not already obeying what God has told you to do, why would he give you another step? You're not already obeying what I told you to do. And you wouldn't do that with your child. Not if you're a good parent. If you told them to do something and they just flat out didn't do it and just laid down on you, well, you, you wouldn't give them something else to do. You That wouldn't be right, would it? Because they wouldn't even do the first thing that you told them. You see, we're flawed as parents, but God is not flawed. God is perfect. Amen? So if you want what... What God has for you next, you've already got to be doing what God has last told you to do. Amen? Look with me now in verse 3. For ye are not carnal. For whereas there is among you envying and strife and division, are ye not carnal and walk as men? He says, you're carnal. He says, there's envying and there's strife. And listen to me. No matter what situation you're in, if there's envy, envy and strife, there's going to be division. It divides people. He says, are you not carnal and walk as men? Aren't you acting like the world? This is the character, characteristics of people of the world. They envy, they strife, they stomp on each other, they get, they get mad. To, Paul says that we should not be doing that. We should put our pride aside and we can, we can pick up God's word and live it out in front of each other. Now that takes work. That takes growth. It does. And it takes you putting down your pride that you may put God first. Because I can tell you in my own life, I can tell you from what's happened in my own life. That every time my pride swells up, it gets in front of me and God, and it's nothing but a stumbling block. It certainly is. But when I'll put my pride down, and no matter what happens to it, because you don't need it anyways, boy, that's when God will really work in your life. That's when God will really show you things. That was, that's when God will really use you. And that's when God will really open doors. Amen? Why? Because you have gotten yourself out of the way, and you've allowed God to work in your life. And I've learned that in my own life. I have got to get myself out of the way. I can tell you this, the greatest thing that you can do for God, if you say, I want to do big things for God. I want to do great things for God. I want to do mighty things for God. Amen. I don't want to be as carnal. I don't want to have Indian strife, but I want to do great things for God. Let me just tell you, the greatest thing that you can ever do for God is just simply be obedient. I'll say that again. The greatest thing you'll ever do for doing something for God is simply being obedient to Him. So simple, isn't it? The Bible even says obedience is better than sacrifice. You could sacrifice everything in the world, everything that you have, every dollar that you had, every time that you had. But the Bible says obedience. God wants us to be obedient to Him and to His Word. Amen? What has God given you to do that you need to be obedient in because that's something that we have to work at it and you say but i've got that no you've got to work at that each and every day paul said i die daily 
That means every day he had a struggle. Every day he had a fight. Every day his flesh tried to flare up. But he said, I die daily. Every single day you have got to work at that. Amen. And we tend to think like some of the people in the Bible were these mighty great. But listen, they were just people like me and you that God chose to use. And they submitted to God's will and said, yes, Lord, I will, I will go. Use me, Lord. And so God can do great and mighty things with you if you will just simply be obedient. Verse 4. For while one saith, I am of Paul, and another, I am Apollos, are ye not carnal? Who then is Paul, and who is Apollos? But ministers by whom yet ye believed, even as the Lord gave to every man. Paul said, wait a minute, y'all are going around and splitting each other up, breaking off into groups? And this group says, wait a minute, I'm, a, I'm from Paul. And you have another group that says, I'm from Apollos. They were following men. Now, before we get into that, there's nothing wrong with following a man that's, that's serving the Lord Jesus Christ and putting God first. Paul even said, follow me as I follow Christ. There's nothing wrong with following a person as long as they're following God. Amen. But when you break yourself off in the sectors and say, wait a minute, we're of this group. And wait a minute, we're of this group. Paul says, are ye not carnal? Isn't that worldly? Because all of you should be putting Christ first. All of you should be following the Lord Jesus Christ. In verse 5, it said, who then is Paul and who is Apollos? But ministers by whom ye believe. In other words, who am I? Who is Apollos? We're nobody important. We are just the people that preached God's word and you believed and we were pointing you to him. And the last part of that verse says, even as the Lord gave to every man. Listen to me, any good preacher, any good Christian, any good witness will not point you to their self. It won't be all about me, me, me. It'll be all about him, him, him. It's all about Jesus. They're pointing them to God. And that's what Paul is doing here. I am Paul. I am nobody. I'm nothing but a minister. I'm nothing but a preacher. I'm nothing but an arrow that will point you to Christ. And the same with Apollos. Amen? And that's the same with each and every one of us. The best thing that we can do is be a pointer and point people to the Lord Jesus Christ because He's the one that can change a life. He's the one that can save a soul. He's the one that keeps somebody out of hell. He's the one that can fix a family. He's the one. He just, the list goes on and on and on, but it's Him. It's all about Him. It's not about us. Amen? And so that's what Paul is saying here. Who then is Paul? I'm nobody. I'm a nobody. I am nothing but a servant. And he's being obedient. And the same with Apollos. I believe Apollos would have agreed that I'm nobody. It's all about Christ. And then Paul goes on to explain it in verse 6. He says, I have planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. God gave the increase. Verse 7, he says, Send then, So then, neither is he that planteth anything, neither he that watereth, but God giveth the increase. He said, I have planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. You know, what can a farmer do? Because Paul, he starts using agriculture here, using a figure of agriculture. And Paul shows that a servant, after all, is very limited at what he can do. A, a farmer is very limited at what he can do. Oh, he can go out in the, in the field and he can stick a seed in the ground and he can water it, but he can't make it grow. He can't make it grow. 
He can't make it grow four foot tall and grow more beans and more stalks and more corn and produce more fruit. He can't do that. All he can do is put it in the ground and water it. But listen to me. It's God that makes it grow. It's God that gives the increase. And that's what Paul is saying here. See, we tend to think we control everything, but the truth is we don't control nothing except for our reactions to what happens to us. And, and so a farmer goes out, he plants the seed, he can water it, but it's God that'll make it grow. It's God that'll make it reproduce. It's God that will make it produce fruit, most certainly. Verse 8, Now he that planteth and he that watereth are one, and every man shall receive his own reward according to his labor. Now hold on. Paul just said, these two people, remember he said, Paul and Apollos, one planteth, one watereth. Now he says, now he that planteth and he that watereth are one. Listen to me, Christian. We are one. We are pointing people to Christ. Amen. He says, one plant, one watereth, but we are one. We are all going the same direction. We all want the same thing, and we all should be that way in the church. We might be on different spiritual levels, but we should all be going the same way. Amen. We should all be going toward Christ. And so I might plant. You might water, but none of us can make it happen. It's God that gives the increase. It's God that saves people. It's God that produces fruit in somebody's life. It's God that changes a life. It's God that changes a heart. It's God that writes that person down in the Lamb's book of life. Or has it written down if an angel does it? But it's God that has the power to do that. Amen. Verse 9, he tells you, for we are laborers together with God. With God. Ye are God's husbandry. Ye are God's building. I want you to think about that verse. That is so powerful. For we are laborers together with God. God wants you to get in there and labor with Him. Work with Him. If you've ever worked with somebody, you know when you first meet somebody, there's not a lot to talk about. I mean, some people just have it natural and they can just talk and talk. But for me, it's never been that way. But when you start working with somebody, you build a bond with that person. You get to know that person. You can tell a lot about somebody by their worth ethic, by the kind of work that they do. I've always said that a man's work speaks for itself. He doesn't have to say it, nothing. But I can look at what he's done and tell what's in his heart, what kind of man he is by the kind of work that he does. If it's sloppy, if it's halfway done, if it's messy, then he's just not very good at what he does and he probably don't care. But somebody that does a good job, keeps their job tidy, makes it look good, cares about it, would even write their own name on it. Hey, they care about what's going on. I mean, they are, they are a laborer and we should all be that way. We should all be that kind of worker together with God, we are laborers. God wants to get in there and have fellowship with you to get to know you. And as you work with God, you will get to know him even better. And you will care more. You will care more the more that you invest in the people, the more that you will care, the more that you will love those people, the more that you want to give to those people. You may even cry when you look over those people like Jesus did because they're so lost, they're so blind, they're so far down the bad road that you go, man, it breaks my heart to see that. 
goodness gracious, could we just wake them up in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ? Could they see the light? Amen. You will, you will come to, to love those people the more that you pour into them and when you're doing that you're working together with god god is using you and god doesn't need somebody that's rich or powerful or has all these things or has all these connections or is good at talking god just needs somebody that's willing that's what god needs somebody that is willing here am i lord send me that's what god is looking for amen just somebody somebody that will step up and say lord I want to do it. Lord, I want to be obedient. Lord, I want to put you first. Lord, I want to tell somebody about the Lord Jesus Christ. I asked you today, what's on your heart that you know that you need to be obedient about? Hey, serve the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? We pray you have been blessed by today's message. If you have been saved or are in need of a prayer, please contact us at 352-247-9200. That's 352-247-9200. Thank you for tuning in to Crossbound Ministries radio broadcast. Will you please pray about supporting our ministry and broadcast? You can go to crossboundministry.com or send your support or a gift to P.O. Box 7, Inverness, Florida, 34451. That's P.O. Box 7, Inverness, Florida, 34451. For a gift of $10 or more, we will send you a booklet. Please pray for us as our ministry and radio broadcast grows. Tune in every Sunday morning at 8 a.m. to hear a message from our preacher, Mike Sadler. You can follow Crossbound Ministry on Facebook, YouTube, and visit us on the web at crossboundministry.com. If you are a pregnant woman in need of help, there is hope. You can reach out to the Citrus Pregnancy Center. There are locations in Inverness and in Crystal River. Their phone number is 352-341-5176. That's 352-341-5176. This broadcast has been sponsored in part by Henley's Grading Incorporated for all your land clearing and hauling needs. Located in Hernando, Florida, 352-897-3507. That's 352-897-3507. This program is sponsored by Crossbound Ministry of Inverness, Florida.